welcome to the end of your wrap-up reflection festival of memory. <laughs> we need a name. We need a name. Wow, <laughs> reflection festival of memory. I'm your Song. old acquaintance, be forgot, Noah Perito, and I am here with Lisa Condemi. It's your Yuletide gay. Oh, Ooh, it's there beautiful. we go. A classic. <laughs> Holiday classic. And it's me, Ashley Goodwin. What are you doing, New Year's? <laughs> New Year's Eve. New Queer's Eve. New Queer's Eve. Ah, see, you always got a better one. No. God. This is why we got to talk about before. Yes, and (laughs) (laughs) eh. Well, grab a beverage and cozy up with us. We already have ours, everyone. Tink your glasses. Oh, yeah. If you want to drink along with us, um, we've got some. Pause here for drinks. We've got some shampies with um, apple cider. If you want a non-alky version, a little seltzer instead of the champs. Yes, that's what I I'm so sorry. It's a cava. Uh, Cava, it correct. Cava. From Spain, Cava. Yes, I, I, you know, I don't want, I will certainly don't want. Um, don't want the champignons to come yeah, for to, us. Them to come and for they me. fucking will. They fucking they will. will. If Noah's <laughs> sisters listen to this, they will come for you. Blocked them all from listening to the podcast <laughs> so that they don't have to ever run into the drow accents. Oh, God. Well, let's gather around the fireplace that I have put in here. I know you guys are always complaining about how cold it is in the studio, so I've just installed this fireplace. I'm pretty warm Thank in my you. Christmas sweater right now. It is very good. Maybe we should. <laughs> Afterwards, we'll take a picture, and the photo for this could be us in holiday gear. I know you have to go I back love to your it. home. I'm in a, a spy outfit, black towel, <laughs> yeah. and leggings. Honestly, Where hot, is though. Lisa? Super hot. I should have been dressed like this for home, uh, no Malone. No Malone. For gay oh home alone. Oh, my God. For gay, gay home alone. <laughs> Uh, I hope you all enjoyed that. All right, so we are going to <laughs> we are going to be going through all of 2022, answering your questions, doing some reflections, and maybe looking ahead at future directions. Wow. I may figure we could do like a recap of the year so far of the podcast. Then we'll you know toss in the Q and A at the end, and then after that we'll end and some with blimps. some blimps for the future 2023. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I love it. 2022 was a big year for us. I mean, let's start with the analytics. Obviously, you can see the Spotify wrapped on our Instagram. Um, and if you haven't, you should go do that. You right should now. really go do that. I'm going to start with some time facts, and then I'm going to throw it over to you, Lise, for some All some right. place facts. <laughs> um, okay, so we have put out 40 main timeline episodes, afterlives for nearly every single one of them. So not only have we – we've put over like 70 – episodes worth of content into the world um which i mean is even more like hours worth of content which is i did some math just to pick three avatar the last airbender futurama and breaking bad we've made more content Wow. Than hours of content. And just hours as polished. And just, and just as good. If not more. I would say better. We need to podcast. <laughs> we are the ones who pod. <laughs> That's really good. I'll give you that. I'll give. You, oh, we're all taking a sip to that. We're yes ending. We're yes ending. Sip to that. Um. So we've literally, I like looked up the average number of hours for a show, and we have surpassed the vast majority of them. And this year really put us over the top. We did a lot yeah. of releasing this. Year. I wish we would have kind of really noted the moment we passed how long the Soprano is. The Sopranos oh, is. Let me tell you, I believe that we <laughs> and will, no one knows by the end of next year. Probably oh, we're not the there yet. I don't we think should we're there throw yet. like a pasta <gasps> meatballs party when we become Let's as long live. as the Sopranos. I would love that. I would love nothing <laughs> more than that. Meatballs I'll live. do a full oh math gosh. moment for myself and do all do the calculations, the and we'll find the exact moment <laughs> mid episode. I'm like. Gorgonzola, you lie moment. bleeding. Oh my god. Oh my god, guys, we did it. It's the Sopranos <laughs> moment. <laughs> you heard You the lie birth bleeding. 
whatever this fucking warps into in like six months, just remember the seed was planted seed here. Was planted oh my god. Here. God, I hope you remember this bit. God, I hope no, you No, we're gonna. I'm I ready. I can never it. forget. All right, so throwing it over to you. Forget about it. Forget, I would never, I never forget, forget about, about it. it. <laughs> Great stuff. Okay, I'm gonna throw it to you for places. That's the just time wise, I wanted to be like, holy shit, we made a lot of hours of content. So, um, I wanted to highlight some of our biggest fans, um, notably the state of Texas. We really came up in Texas this year, uh, guys. Out. Previously, Happy to be there for you. our biggest states were New York and California, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. Like, we're in New York. We got a good, uh, in the boroughs, we got a good listenership in there. Totally. And then California, we got some family out there. We got, you know, the D&D heads. Obviously, the whole crew of Critical Role is just, like, l- loving, listening. listening. I was going to say Brandon gagging, probably as well. Telling it, uh, their friends all about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you're listening. It's on them to prove all. that they're not listening. <laughs> But there's um, a hot TTRPG base in Texas, I guess, because yeah. Texas um, succeeded California this year. Oh, my wow. goodness. Shout, shout out, y'all. Thank shout you so much, y'all. y'all. <laughs> shout We're out. so happy we could be there for you. It's because I haven't butchered listening. their accent yet. Because I haven't credited oh, anyone who butchers worry. their accent. Well, no, you do a great Southern accent. Um, I would love for you guys to um, guess. It's actually different than previous years. Guess where... But other than the countries that we have like the least amount of listeners, such as North Korea and places like that. Strange. Guess where we are the least popular, but like there's one random person out there who is like holding it down listening to Try Not to Die. So there's one person in one country. We don't know. It's it's less than 1% of our base. It's at the very, very bottom. Which means it's probably no more than one or two people. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. 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 Can we. I'm going to. I'm gonna say we're trying to guess th- the bottom three here. Bottom three. Our um, these are our truly diehard fans. Truly diehard. With no fans. influence around them, you know. I'm they found us. Guess in the shadows. Ah, oh, damn, this is tough. Peru. I'm just gonna go widespread for my three. No, but Peru is number six least amount of listeners. Oh, so really close to the bottom of the list. Incredible. All right, that's you. You should take the next guess. We're Morocco. Be three over the three, between the two of us. Ooh, Morocco. No, no, no. I actually don't think we have any Moroccan listeners. Oh, 2023, we're breaking <laughs> into the African Moroccan listeners market. at all. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have uh, South Africa is on. There's a, there's a, definitely a couple of Africans. Right, see, that's, I was yeah. gonna guess South Africa, but then I was like, no, We've I feel like I remember coast. hearing that we had Nigeria. An there. Incredible. Mm-hmm. What about okay, Vietnam? Vietnam is higher up on the list. Damn. There's at least a couple people Are listening. Yeah, I'm really trying to figure it out. All right, one more guess, and then I'll tell you guys you, what they are. You do it, Ash. You do the last guess. That's two from each of us, and I I barely know that many countries. <laughs> I don't know a lot of countries, guys. Um, let's say. Here, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna narrow it down. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you a little bit. Give it a okay, comment. one is in uh, the continent of Asia. Okay. Big one. <laughs> continent wise, okay, technically, big, I guess, maybe continent. even includes Russia. Yeah, 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 I'm like, there's lots of big continents. Um, I didn't want to um, narrow it more specifically down in case I end up sounding dumb. That's <laughs> fair. I think you should go broad and not risk offending yeah. anyone. Um, one is an island. Oh. And one is in the Middle East. Oh, okay. I'm going to guess. <gasps> what if it's Qatar? Cut- it's neither of 
Well, that was one, me trying to pronounce one country correctly. Good job, Noah. I failed it Way twice. to go. Um, oh, I don't God. think we have any Qataran listeners, but get in there, guys. Our At least our steadfast, solid fan base um, is located um, in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico! Yay! Thailand. Amazing. Oh. And the United Arab Emirates. Nice. Whoa. Shout out to you guys. Shout out if to you're you guys. out there, we love it. Tell a friend so you can, you know, <laughs> rise up the list. Yeah, I would love to <laughs> That's tour amazing. to any of those three places at Absolutely some point. Absolutely agree. I think we're ready to do it now. Um, <laughs> so, can you imagine going to like a like I don't know, a bar or something? Like we just have sit the down funding. Like, just you and me. I My also, credit card limit just got up, so let's oh, go. Oh, we girls. can go. Let's throw it on there. We got the points. Um, I also wanted to shout out that um, we went up this year in the percentage of listeners we have that are non-binary or not specified. We're up to 9% now. And so that means that either we got more listeners who are non-binary or a bunch of you came out. Mazel. Yes, congratulations either way. If you're welcoming you in or if you've... You've revealed something beautiful about yourself to the world. Or you listen to the show. Via your analytics. Or you listen to the show and decided you're gay. Yeah. If we if we converted anyone, let us You're welcome. I wish I could be that for someone. God, I really hope so. Um, the I last thing that I wanted to say is that the first episode of Try Not to Die, Paddle with Problems, is almost at 1,500 listens, Whoa. which is crazy. That's nuts. So many people. Lessons. You know, have heard our mic issues. <laughs> I know. I want to hit them up and be like, episode three, episode Keep three. Keep going. Episode three. Oh, man. Wow. That's, that's my with us. That's amazing. Congratulations to us. My, I'm amazing. almost out of drink, so I'm going to have to get an, another one next time we toast. But let's toast to the to you all fans across the world. Toast um, long to Long distance Thailand. toast to you. Um, we love you so much. Slam that down. Wow. <laughs> okay. I aggressive. Wanted to, I wanted to see the reactions around the table for it. <laughs> Alarm. Uh, fear. Fear and alarm. All right. Moving past those analytics, because honestly, that's impressive. And the growth of our audience this year is very impressive. But I want to talk about the content that we created. Of course. The stories that we told this of year. Course. Our first main timeline release came in February, because unlike this year, where we're taking most of our break in December. We took January off. We took off. January off. And it was the Ballad of Brigitte and Baba. So like, fucking good. Such a, I mean, first of all, I was blown away because I was like, holy shit, that was this year? I know, that doesn't yeah. feel like just a year ago. It feels, I mean, We've I'm blown away. We've been out the content. It feels really, like it was so much longer. I really miss my second mom. Baba oh, yeah. I do feel like we'll probably, I don't know necessarily when, but I, I think that maybe we can have a little Baba uh, I would love to have a small little yeah. Baba cameo towards the end. I'm, I think it would be hilarious if she fully sacrifices herself. Like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, if in episode we could have like a moment where other characters we played come into play? We could pop out of our main characters. If, like Frankie and Jacob were flying overhead and shit on the main boss. Well, you never know, gang. There's a whole arc ahead of us. We shit it on them. We shit it on them. And you see two Italian pigeons flying overhead. <laughs> Real, and specifically Italian. <laughs> and Canon, they're in love. Oh, also, I think that um, if you guys ever died, or I guess like were caught, like trapped somewhere, I would cut over to Baba and have it be like Cartman being like, "Could you check up on?" 
Oh you my god, I love that pop up. That crazy batch of lady is my <laughs> backup character. There you go. We're in good hands. I miss her. I'm not playing any old people in D&D right now. And you guys know I love to play old people. I, know. <laughs> I really want to do a Panatolian sesh soon. That's our campaign where uh, mm-hmm. Lisa plays multiple uh, older I play people. two old people. Um, but uh, it's just been so busy. And mm-hmm. we'll find the time. Holidays. We'll find the time. Um, okay, so then after we did that incredible little cut two, uh, we released our All Right Angels content. Surge, <laughs> making the Priya find out potentially canon. If you remember, um, at the beginning and end of that, uh, all right, Angels episode, it's framed like a speaking stone in a bottle that yes, she found. Priya finds on the beach. Wow. So I guess Priya might technically know yeah, in canon. Priya kind of got a clue. Wow, if that ever comes up, our like people are gonna be so confused. If yeah, I know. I could never do that. Angels. I could never do that. I mean, I have no idea what your reunion with Priya would look like. I have not planned it, believe it or not. But it wouldn't be so hinged on a bonus episode. Speaking of that, I don't know if you caught that I was like trying to lay a little bit of a um, ground base. I'm I'm intra- campaign metagaming yep. I had Flu ask Smite what his last name was yep. just so that there would be one more person in the world who knows Smite's last name just in like the case that it yeah. comes up yeah. or Flu somehow gets in like touch with Zola or something we're spreading the name uh-huh. we're spreading it um, oh that means that's another two, two characters we could jump to at some point if you die <laughs> in this game yeah there you go um, okay so after that you guys came back into the main campaign with chapter 59 Tales of Begerensford I love that episode. It's such Sorry. a good episode. No, 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 I totally. Very good. We paused very well there. That was great. Great job. It was such a beautiful episode, and like, I don't know. I love when in a story you find out that um, a legend like is untrue, or that you find out like someone is someone. I'm listening to Napot's Eldermorn right yeah. now, and there's so much about like discovering hidden identities and discovering that like old legends are different than they like thought they were to be believed. I love when you feed me false information and then you switch that shit up on me because Ooh. it's like a little like I'm like I trust you, no, I trust you, and you're like, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry. I should have known. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, it was a fantastic reveal, a fantastic episode. It was an amazing start, and it was the beginning of your trek through the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are just a few moments from Arc 4, because I don't want to bog us too down in a full recap here. But um, you quickly encountered the Chromatica and slaughtered 25 or so kobolds. More plus, more including Becca's character. Including (laughs) Becca's character. And then also even more if we count the incredible um, snowboarding that happened in this arc as well, which we have art of. I always forget about that. Wait, I thought Bigament lives. Uh, no. Oh, that was Becca's second character because I killed the first one on yeah. accident. Excellent. When that um, tiny kobold snuck up when Ertz and I were having the beach day in the hot springs, and I lightning lured him, and I killed him with the basic damage from lightning lore. Incredible. Pretty heartbreaking. I was like, and an NPC that disappears into the ash. <laughs> um, you also killed a relative of Crystalix. Um, rhyme oh, no, worm. Is the, dad, um, right? The no, bell toll uncle. uncle. uncle yeah. That's right. Uh, really funny to kill someone's uncle. No. <laughs> I killed your uncle. It's a really funny. Story. I your killed dad's your dad's brother. Up, but your dad's brother. Um, you also this uh, last like these are the four big things of this arc. 
Um, you shot a dragon in the asshole. Yeah. Um, it was the ass cheek. It was the ass it cheek. It was not the asshole. It was the asshole. Um, I would never. <laughs> but imagine if you did. I would never shoot a woman in the asshole. <laughs> a man? Potentially. It wasn't that one. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. Even did. I would be careful. Yeah. I would be like, Clench. Clench. Even in that one. Um, this is also unfortunately the arc where you, um, where the where the shard was taken from you in an unfair moment. Let's be yeah. honest. Um, and then of course we had our plane of fire mini arc, which included you dying. I did. The fourth arc you was died. a really intense arc. I gang. really died. Big death. That's really crazy. And also I think a thing that Zola still in the narrative like has to deal with like zola in the next arc i think needs to like conquer her fear of death a little bit totally i think i should make a note of that uh, <laughs> so it can have some really cool moments coming up um i <laughs> guys i don't know if you listen to my down. podcast but there's got some cool moments coming up <laughs> i just think that she would be like oh if i die now like everyone's gonna die like I can't be reckless because it's selfish versus yeah. before yeah. she was like, I can't afford to play it safe. It's selfish. But now yeah. she's like, I have to be safe to be there for the people who love me. Yeah. And so that I can see the people I love again. <sighs> it's going to reunite be, with the mom. Yeah. I mean, you, you, ha you kind of, this was a classic case of just like repressing because there was just something more pressing. I had to run from a dragon. Yeah, there was a dragon to run from, which, by the way, that anacra fight scene, that whole situation, incredible. Bravo you. Bravo you. No, I honestly, I, I mean, boss fight. I didn't necessarily expect everything to go the way it went, but I loved that it <laughs> did. Um, and I loved, um, I loved that now we have this kind of setup where all of this has to come to head, mm -hmm. and you have to, you know, reckon. Re recognize that you're an 18 year old who has had such a traumatic like month two months of their lives mm -hmm. but also the best month of her life <laughs> but also the best anyway you're wrong but better spoiler. than paddlewick <laughs> better i than died paddlewick. but it was better than paddlewick actually that'll be maybe that'll be what carries zola through <laughs> um also i just want to say that in arc four we released the pajodacy to the timeline mm. so thank god now frost Roy is all, definitely super canon in a lot of ways um, uh, all you need to know about that one is uh, I shit it on him. Yep. They <laughs> I'm here still, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I also, we uh, took a break and huge moment of this year. Lisa DM'd their first mini campaign, <laughs> Obscura. Oh, man. I blacked it all out in my mind. <laughs> I was going to say, perfect time to pause and do a tiny Q&A from me to Aww. you. Um, from me to you. Uh, one was, what is the biggest challenge in planning this campaign? <sighs> I think the biggest challenge was keeping it small. Mm -hmm. When I first came up with it, I realized that it could be massive and it could be its entire own campaign. Mm -hmm. And I wanted so badly to have like even more tables, even more rooms. And mm -hmm. I was like, if I'm going to give know the story that they want i have to actually tailor it down to like there's no room to really meander too much like i was like we we gotta wrap this up in a couple episodes so yeah keeping it small was the hardest part i would yeah. love someday to run a more full obscure campaign even if it was just with our friends running the obscure dungeon yeah. like much on a much bigger scale with more of the um 
sculpted yes people would be really fun oh yeah. that'd be so cool um i follow up kind of sort of connected to that we talk a lot about the campaigns that i'm setting up when we finish campaign one but what sort of mini campaigns would you want to run uh and, and obviously we're gonna like return to scum side again you know but w- if you were well, to run scum another side. mini campaign would you be like i want to i definitely want to revisit obscura would you come up with a new thing would you be like hey noah can i carve a little place out in fall uh Fayfall hmm. to start developing I think that, well, I've been working on um, this home campaign that Mm. Noah and Ashley are going to play along with my partner and our um, friends and uh, supporters, Mel and Becca. And I've been creating a city and also this entire world, like homebrewing my own like God pantheon and stuff and realizing really how fun it is to have my like own world that I get to make up everything. And so that's been like the biggest joy for me is uh, world building and getting like more and more into it. So I think it would be fun to run something in like a totally new place and maybe, I don't know, hit some aspect of like D&D that we haven't yet. We've like, we've gotten to so many great like adventuring tropes, but I don't know, it'd be fun to do something that was like totally different, like totally. trapped in a dungeon or something like that. I yeah. guess Obscura was trapped in a dungeon actually, but. But something along the lines of different from what we've done mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, there's always going to be little elements of us and everything. So it's good to try out the new things. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I loved um, having Ashley along for Scum Side. I felt like yeah. running Monster of the Week was so much easier with two players yeah. and running anything is easier I think with two players because you have you can let them carry the story versus like with one person you're always managing like do they know what they're do they know where they're going right now or are they like filling space because they feel unsure because I haven't led them enough versus you guys will like actually just talk about the scene and carry yourselves somewhere different without me like giving any input and that gives me more time to be like okay while they're talking about that like let me see what fucked up shit i'm gonna drop on them yes it's definitely the relief of just having players to role play and talk things out themselves while you look at your notes yes just like okay cool that buys me a window yeah oh man i i think that you did a wonderful job i'm very very excited to see what else you cook up so playing something with a couple of players and maybe a little bit longer that would be whether it's a new world or a revisit to Mm -hmm. scum side whichever one comes sooner that's exciting least to build to be building your own like new place that's really cool so cool excited i was thinking maybe we could do like um it would be a fun one day patreon reward to do like a a monthly like update from our home sesh we like tell everyone what's happening in our home campaign or something yeah exactly oh i like that a lot actually monthly home catch up campaigns enough to have exactly we've got like four or five campaigns outside of going on between all of us so true be fun all right jumping back into the year's recap we began arc five of the pod with chapter 69 69 (laughs) that was one of our best moves ever um erza and zola escaped the collapsing caldera of deathmonger's den uh, and in this arc, you met up and saved some elves that turned into some very valuable allies, visited a mobile orc city, and of course, found your mother. There was, I have a little list here of really iconic moments, some funny, some, you know, just really good story beats. Um, first, meeting the first night and immediately getting an entire hunting party killed to save some elves you just met. Um, good. That was really, I mean... A huge unexpected twist for Noah there. So oh, the really um, the sneeze where I called the sneeze. The, 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 the sneeze heard round Emeralia. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. 
Um, you also, like, big story beats, you learned that this magical disruption is happening all over the realms, or at least mm-hmm. in the mirror planes. I um, love the uh, the crazy scientist trope. We yes. love that. That's fl- uh, blustery. Uh, you also uh, got hoodwinked by me um, after surviving Il Daglio Fucking and beating Kunik. Hoodwinked. Um, and then, of course, you met Ardrahan, the man who ousted your mother and survived your uh, survived La Cotora, met your ghostly ancestor, and escaped laying the seeds of revolution. Can what I a time say there. that on, up until now, my favorite arc was definitely the Aurelian arc. Mm-hmm. And I think that this uh, just popped its way above the Aurelian arc. Mm -hmm. Meeting my mother, seeing Afanaj, like everything that happened there felt so tense, so high stakes. I cried multiple times in this arc. So many amazing moments that I really wanted to hit the whole time. Um, Singing in Mistress Temple, something that I'd wanted to do for a while. Like there was just a ton of story beats that we got to hit. I was really excited the whole time to have be able to act out these scenes is like when you get to a like your favorite scene in a book and you're like oh my god i earned this but instead we like get to create it that's so cool it was so wonderful to act with you too and it was such a uh i mean the arcs that went on during this little this i mean this arc is huge it's split into two the first part all the work that you put in and like creating a relationship with Kunik and then moving on. And yeah, like, that was really great. Uh, One of my favorite NPCs just ever. so much great work here. I also, I mean, there's so much that happened in this arc. We really pack it in in, the, mm-hmm. in these last two arcs. Um, but meeting your mother was definitely a huge uh, sim for me. Yeah. Being able to role play that with you and to feel like it was earned and like... It went well because we were both so nervous to do it. Even yeah. though we were like we have full control over this moment, we still were like, "Oh my god!" I like so thought nervous. of nothing else for the week before. I yeah. just was like kept t- talking to my partner and being like, oh, "I'm gonna meet my mom. What am I gonna say?" Like talking about what do my I fantasy say to my world. Mom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, okay, so then you also met Kala, little mother-daughter foil there, um, and perhaps bigger, biggest of all. Uh, before I, uh, I mean, I, well, you know, outside of Zola finishing her initial goal for adventuring mm-hmm. this campaign, finding her mom, was finding and defeating Plevo, which <sighs> happened this arc. You did not kill Plevo, but the trouncing that his you, ego. yeah, the trouncing mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. I mean, what, we talked about this, at least on an afterlife, that like, Plevo just had to like, go home after that. Yeah. Like the drow elves were like, we're not doing this anymore. We're going home. I, you fucked the, up. The morale is so low amongst the troops that the adventure <laughs> is canceled. They canceled it. They have to go report back to Baragon, who's going to be like, who do I turn to stone? Who do I this? kill? <laughs> yeah. I really hope that my my goal, I know we're not talking about like blimps so much right now, but my goal would be for Plebo to, at the end, help us. I think it would be so funny if I yeah. could convince Plebo, like, you're gonna lose just flip flop no one's gonna like notice yeah <laughs> i will absolutely leave it up to a persuasion check. <laughs> thank you i would how do we trust was, him though i just don't trust him if there was a 20 moment that would be it i feel like he knows he can't win against me now though you know yeah like, i'm just gonna be like plebo honey I'm going to keep finding you and finding you until the cows come home. And guess what, babe? I have a cow farm. So it's my home. (laughs) I am the cow who who moves. 
Breaking Bad, we beat you again. Wow. Rule of threes, honey. <laughs> I... I think that there's a strong possibility it could go either way. I think it's funny for it to go either way. And then I think it's also funny if you're like, how can we trust him? And he's like, you're just going to have to. And you're like, no. And you kill him. Like, all three play, all three directions work for me. Um, so this that was obviously the most recent arc. Um, we closed out the fifth arc with the Cloud Carver caper, which we just wrapped up. An amazing campaign filled with wild moments of its own, but we've obviously done the afterlife. For yeah, that. go go listen to it. Um, go do so, that. Yeah, go, go listen do to that. all those afterlives. Pause this, come back, come after back. That. Um, I just want to maybe ask in reflection, as is the theme of this episode, um, what was it like getting to make these new characters in such a short amount of time? And what do you think this, I mean, how does this affect what future characters you play? Because, I, I mean, tr I feel this way. Whenever I play a character, I'm like, how long until I can use that character again? Mm -hmm. Because if it were so good and you don't get a lot of use out of them, you're like, okay, not literally, not exactly that character. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like Dare Boucher, right? Right. I can't have another Dare Boucher in this campaign. Maybe I can do another fancy voice like this in the next one. But if if I introduce a new character like that, you're all gonna be like, that's, that's just Dare Boucher. <laughs> so like, tell me, how does it, like, what was it like creating it so fast? And what do you think, um, how does that influence any future choices? Um, creating Levitt's character uh, was actually not so fast. I think that you and I had this idea oh, way yeah. before we, uh, you know, before- Pitched this campaign, really. Kind of. It was. It all happened simultaneously, but I think we had lots of um, chats, which just happened mm -hmm. to happen because we lived together. Right. <laughs> um, the dynamic I, was kind of settled early on. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And it was fun to like play act that dynamic, like uh, just in random moments around the house uh, when we're, when practicing <laughs> like really how funny. we would interact with each with each other. So that was something that I really uh, enjoyed doing. But in regards to um, Levitt's, like, you know, race and class, like, playing a bard, uh, which I also did um, for our movie night for Stella Fantastic Luno. Mr. Fox, Stella Luno. Stella Luno. <laughs> that was uh, okay. really fun. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't realize, you know, playing a bard could be so much fun. I think that a lot of times when you think about uh, bards in D&D, &D, you're like, okay, has to have an instrument, has to play the instrument, has to sing. not as kick-ass. Yeah, exactly. No Totally. And I agree. And I was, I, and I <laughs> kind of, sticks. when I was, when I thought to play Stella Luno as a bard, I was like, well, this will be just cause it's a throwaway thing. It's mm -hmm. one time I have to play it. And like, I can get that out of my system and then not have to play a bard ever again. I can go back to being a very powerful druid for everything <laughs> ever. But, um, after doing that and having so much fun and realizing I don't need to like sing or play an instrument all the time. And in fact, I can be just like eloquent or speak well or be very charismatic that made me want to play them more and more and more so that was fun and interesting That's amazing the next so glad that class that, that i up. yeah absolutely and thank you for giving me the opportunity Please. but the next class thank that you for I, the opportunity <laughs> thank you thank you so thank you, you um, so really <laughs> thank you Shisha, for the opportunity thank you um what was I going to say? Uh, the, next class? the next class that I kind of refused to play because I think I would suck at it, uh, but maybe I will end up doing so in another movie movie night or something is uh, a warlock. <laughs> Warlocks <gasps> are or a wizard. Play, yeah. yeah. I really, th here's the thing the one thing about a warlock that it always has going for it is built in role play. You always right. automatically are going to have, have a, a patron who's going to be like, you could, like, it's like, you, may, you don't even have to know a lot. You can just be like, DM. 
the relationship with my patron is good. It's bad. It's tenuous. You know, like just having that means that your DM can be like, you hear a voice in your ear. <laughs> but I do understand like the the mechanical aspect. You do have to be like, limited. it's very much like you have to get used to being like, oh, I'm actually just a ranger, but with some yeah. warlock powers because yeah. you're like Eldritch Blast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but it is, I, it's, hey, if you run for the challenge, yeah. I will pre- I mean, I'll be the best patron you could ever It would be a challenge. I think that you would kill as a wizard because honestly, yeah. playing a wizard is just like playing a druid. Like Amos in our Panatoli Knights uh, campaign is a chronology wizard. He is the guy who's just like, hop, uh, hold on, uh, I have a spell for this. <laughs> yeah. Like you just have something that applies to every single situation. Yeah, that and would be good. so smart that it's, like, really fun to kind of be like, everyone else is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. That does feel, <laughs> that does feel very uh, druidy and uh, right up my alley. I, as you guys all know from playing yeah, with me in multiple, list. multiple campaigns, I really like the battle aspect of D&D. I like the the kicking ass and like strategically playing that part of the game. Having a full turn. Exactly. The role playing aspect of it is fun, but it like to me and maybe this shows up it maybe people already feel this way about like listening to me play the game, but like to me playing the battling and like rolling is my favorite part and mm-hmm. the, what I excel at, right? The improv and the acting comes like secondary mm-hmm. and thank God is based on the roles because if I had to like act out everything that Brigitte or Levin has done, I would be like, and she's perfect and does the perfect thing. <laughs> And that's it. You know, that TTRPG is out there for you somewhere, actually. And try not to die. See you later. Any, any TTRPG with less rolling where you're like, <laughs> so long as the DM will, or the game master will roll with it. I mean, I I think that you are a wonderful player both in and out of battle. But and you're is, an incredible improver also. Yes. Yeah. You're but definitely good on I your I think feet, the dice help with that. Saying. Like, I don't know. I'd be too indecisive. I'm always too indecisive. Like, oh, mm-hmm. do I want to, like, have it be crazy or do I want it to just be really... Uh, good at playing the game. <laughs> it's a tough choice to make. Yep. The meta gamer in us all fights the the wild one who wishes get in the to comments get on the table. if you guys agree or if you play like this too. Uh, join my side. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved playing Falu with you. I always wanted to give Ashley the opportunity to really star in this campaign because obviously I have such an opportunity to have like the most heroic, yeah. like chosen one main character experience yeah. with Zola. Um, so it was fun to kind of flip flop and be like your right hand man. It's awesome. I think that if Falu, I thought about this a little bit. I think if Falu returned in another campaign, it would be like a... Like in um, the OG Nadpod, when Beverly changes his um, paladin type and mm-hmm. he goes into like having like an angsty phase, a gray phase, like I think that Falu like might probably rubbed off on me a little bit. Yeah, Falu probably like rode away on this motorcycle and was like, yeah, yeah, fuck the establishment, fuck the establishment, and yeah. then like multi-classed into some kind of like Whoa. crazy like dark barbarian or something like oh that. Yeah, God. absolutely. I think that he would be like, I don't have to remain hidden anymore more like I'm gonna I'm gonna use Embrace my voice and I'm gonna fuck shit up. That is a that. good that was like the ending line really was Falu mm-hmm. magnifying his voice and yeah. what an arc that yeah. from going from never speaking up to announcing a revolution essentially. Mm-hmm. Wow. So maybe when we see him again he'll have like harnessed his magic to do something other than office magic. 
I see the uh, the 3D piss artwork right now. It's like a split screen, and like one half of Falou is like blue and in his uh, corporate attire, and uh, Levitt's there, look, you know, with her seeming on, and then the mm-hmm. other, like, it's like a down yes. the middle, and on the other side, it's like tiefling Levitt and like badass leather jacket Falou. <laughs> yes, yes. Falou gets like a pompadour. Yes, yeah. it's a pompadour in the next mini campaign. <laughs> oh my god, remember it. Said that out remember loud. it. It's real. <laughs> Incredible. It could be a pompadour mullet. A little cufflink. (laughs) So I'm actually that is honestly you led into one of my my questions before we get into the Q and A. I have a little list of other accomplishments. We just four other things that I'll say, but I wanted to first ask what could your next character arc be? And I think that you've really declared what Falus would be would be embracing that voice and really be coming into it. I guess turning it over to you, Ash. Do you what do you think Levid? would be going for now that she's kind of thrown off the the pain of her past and is moving on to something new Mm -hmm. i don't think she's thrown off the pain of her past i think that there's going to be a weird grieving episode where she uh, She realizes she killed her dad i think sure we can record Um, that if you want it's a great panic attack so no thanks um but i think I think she's going to try and use some of her skills of uh, networking or um, getting people, uh, informing people and getting the word out um, and also like uh, gathering people, I guess, uh, in a way. I can't I can't think of. Yeah, exactly. Um, In order to uh, fight the good fight. And maybe she um, kind of, you know, no more seeming. She is who she is now. Mm -hmm. And. Um, goes kind of back to where what maybe what she would have been if she stayed with Smite or stayed in the sprawl or her mother was still alive, you know. Right. So maybe um, in her honor, you know, does something like this. Ooh, some it's, revolutionaries. It's kind of beautiful though because like if you had never gone through this, you would have never become a boss girl. Yeah. Like you wouldn't have had the confidence and the charisma and the power to gather those people. You yes. would have just been levied from the sprawl. Same mm-hmm. as Smite who like is not very like he's not a charismatic leader like he has such a small crew because it's like the just the justness of his mission has drawn these people in and they're equally weird as him yeah you are like smite now but you people will actually listen to you like uh, on the mass yeah maybe she wouldn't be as successful had she not gone through that experience and gotten those skills like you said yeah it's like the truth in the story is what makes the future of that like revolution that like charismatic leader possible Mm -hmm. if you had just been like I mean, Smite's story is that he lost his parents and, um, you know, has grown up in the sprawl. And he definitely has, like, you know, his charisma is force of personality. He's definitely, I mean, I don't remember if I gave him any proficiency in persuasion, but he's definitely intimidation-based. But he's only been able to get, like, the weirdos so far. Like, Levitt's going to be able to get, like, maybe people, like, on the street to pay attention to him. Totally. Exactly. And it was, it took this incident to bring you to that point, and now you can use all the skills you developed while on one side to help you on the other side. Yeah. It's very, very cool. I love this. Smite managed to convince Jerry and Kittle and (laughs) worked with the undercity not with the overcity um just a few highlights before we talk about the q a's because we have a few of those as well um this was our the most number of guests we've had on the show we had both jacob and obviously our our patron rose oh the nine to five uh content surge was really fun if you guys haven't heard so fucking good that's one i'm i don't know if we released (laughs) into the main feed but that might be one 
that they get a treat of later. It's so I think good. we did. Oh, you think we did? Okay, okay. Because I, I was I'm not say, sure. Hey, if we did, go check it out. <laughs> and if we didn't, go join Next our Patreon. Go join our Patreon. <laughs> Um, so that obviously really, really cool to be able to have people on. Can't wait to potentially have even more people, old people, new people, what have you, et cetera. Old people, the geriatric. I'm old as in previous <laughs> guests, but you're right. I should have read to phrase that better. Um, two, I want to obviously recognize Lisa. Thank you for all you've done in launching our website. We yes. are, you know, obviously in leading design creation and actually in your review and ability to like help bounce ideas off I'm of. I'm shaking my head. No. I, I just, <laughs> no, I have no, to, no. Everyone helped. Every, here's the thing. I literally didn't. So I have to just give props <laughs> to you guys. But really, truly, really wonderful work. It looks awesome. And it's huge that we got this in this year. You know, yeah. we didn't have one in 2020, 2021. Yeah. Here well, we are. Thanks to Saya also for making so much amazing art for Try Not to Die mm-hmm. this year. Our um, new, I can't remember if it came out this year or the end of last year, but our new just cover art in general of Zola coming down uh, with the sword yeah. and the dice behind her, the kind of full uh, evolution of the cover journey, which started with Zola and Scram running from the dice, <sighs> Zola falling. falling through the astral sea with all of her things and the dice around her, and then finally her like ready to battle, mm-hmm. self-assured. Oh, is, there, so is there a new cover art coming for the last half of our journey no i think no and i talked about talked. it but we think that the the art we have right now is one so good like yeah. Saya's just been leveling Saya it up <laughs> and also it. just like other than i mean zola looks a little different now and i feel like it would be interesting the fact that we would have to kind of like correlate like she has short hair and a red eye now you know so maybe for the very last uh arc it would be pretty sick like it'd be fun to get some finale art yeah maybe finale art because because we because basically the conclusion we came to was that we love this one we love this one so much and this really does encapsulate like where zola is in her journey like she has landed on her feet and now she's like i'm looking ahead at the problem Ooh, but honestly though the last picture this like camera is like the dice is in the front camera is low looking up and Zola is standing on top of the dice with the tusk out like red eye glinting short hair blowing in the wind like clouds of the apocalypse behind her 100% Saya check your DMs (laughs) 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 we're definitely going to review this but I do think that at least for this next arc we will definitely be sticking with the current yeah, art. But yeah, maybe yeah. Arc 7 will have some Ooh, new art for you. Oh, that would be sick as hell. Um, Last one, also just want to say, I would be an idiot not to mention that we were in a book this year. Oh my oh gosh. Yeah. Like, that old thing. That old thing. I mean, <laughs> oh, what, that? Being oh, able, this and, old thing. And doing our first real interview that mm-hmm. wasn't just you interviewing me and me interviewing you or Ashley interviewing us. External you know, interview. It was really, really cool. Ashley's currently holding the book in her hands. This old thing. This old thing. They came to slay the queer culture of D&D. Thank you, Tom James Carter, for featuring us in your book. We were mentioned in a book where other podcasts we love are mentioned, such as Critical Role, NADPOD, uh, so many incredible new shows like Transplanar. I mean, we're just in really, really uh, incredible, incredible company. company. Seriously, really incredible company. So it. true. I just wanted to together. say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blown away. So thank you to Tom and thank you to um, you guys for elevating us to this position where people are taking notice and we're getting to be like, 
you know, associating with these shows that we look up to and have been so inspired yeah, by. Yeah, such a delight. And also, can I say that um, if we haven't told the story yet, uh, Noah and Ashley had left and were already on vacation and I was joining them later that week on the vacation. Mm-hmm. And so we were apart and they were like driving in the car and I was in my living room and we were just calling over FaceTime and just screaming, screaming. when we saw that we'd contact on this on Twitter. And yeah, we then, didn't even know. We, we, did, we got no tagged idea. by a mutual friend. It was crazy. It was literally, I don't, that's one of those happiness moments where you're so happy that you're like, I don't know if I have enough neurons to process this <laughs> yeah. happiness. Like, I, out. Yeah, I was like, yeah. there's more happiness for me to be feeling here. I just can't even conceive it. We got to so hang up. Cool. We just like yeah. drank at the lake for a week about yeah, it. <laughs> just funny about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, lots of huge things this year. Um, of course, wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, our fans. Thank Aww. you for supporting us Thanks, for all of these guys. stories. Um before we uh, talk about the future, let's answer some of your questions, Incredible. Shall we? Ash- My favorite part. <laughs> Ashley and I have a couple of questions that were sent in by so many of our fans. The biggest fan of all, your mom, Noah. Sent- <laughs> Anita! Anita sent our Mama. very first question. As soon as I posted on the Instagram, she was in there. Yes. And she said... What is your inspiration for your characters? And I thought that we could think about this in a kind of interesting way because we've talked a little bit about like the creation of our characters. Our listeners have heard a little bit about like the process of when Try Not to Die started. But I was thinking maybe we could talk about like what is inspiring our characters now? Like what Mm. this year fueled Mm. our creative desire to like help these characters have their have their full story you know yeah i it's it may seem cliche but i i definitely at least this year i've been creating a lot of characters that i'm like people who i would um look up to people who i want to be more like Mm -hmm. or at least when i'm playing those characters i'm trying to channel that more yeah because i'm i mean we live in a world where there's very few like people who you can be like i wholly throw my support behind them because everyone's a person. And so Mm -hmm. like they could make uh, like an error that you didn't even know about if you supported Mm -hmm. them. So like creating my own role models, creating characters that help me kind of flesh out my own ideas and help me understand myself and what I believe more. And then the obvious one of being like, I would love to be this. Like I would, it here's an aspect of my personality. I think I need to be, like learning about or t- like engaging with more mm-hmm. let me create a character on it and that's i mean that's how i get a lot of villain characters i get but <laughs> um but yeah so that that's where i come from it's it's definitely like i seek to create something that i'm missing in my in my world mm-hmm. i think for me um a lot of my characters are very and i mentioned this like in so many episodes and so many afterlives are so related to an aspect of myself mm-hmm. um that is that already exists and uh, their fallibility it is based on my own and things I know about myself and the reasons like their reasons to be or reasons for doing things um, I think are usually typically based on like things that are happening in our world like our current political climate our current actual climate things that are happening everywhere and so I'm reacting to things in the story as if they were those things um, so using that as inspiration and kind of method acting is that what that is who knows uh joali who is spike lee's sister was my acting teacher in film school so uh thanks for teaching me that i was gonna (laughs) say we can say that you were taught by her you know that (laughs) i was (laughs) no i mean like as like a credit on like a resume (laughs) my teacher was um but how about you lise asker of the question yeah 
They a don't beautiful chorus. So sorry. <laughs> I think similarly to you, Noah, I try to, um, I really try to play Gorgonzola like a, a good person with a heart of gold. And I try to um, lean into the characteristics that I want to have. Specifically, it sounds silly to be like, I look up to my uh, fictional character. But I think like as I get older, I don't know if you guys feel the same. Mm-hmm. Hey, anyone else out there experiencing fear? Uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm more anxious as I grow older. Yeah. I'm more scared about the future. Yeah. Back when we were teens, like we were just so reckless. And totally. Zola has like that recklessness, but also is like, you know, a, a forward thinker and, and thinking about her fate and, and destiny and the people around her. Yeah. Literally an orc goal. Yes, literally an orc goal. And so I think for me, um, leaning into her bravery and leaning into the way that she like easily has grace with others, the way that others have had grace with her. She's made so many mistakes, and yet the people that she's found in her life have always forgiven her, which is also like the beautiful position I have found myself in. But sometimes we don't like give the world around us credit for like giving us grace like we're always right. thinking about the worst case scenario but so i think um yeah zola kind of reminds me that uh there's a lot more like grace and like room in the world to grow yeah oh that's really beautiful, beautiful and uh i'm gonna cry now <laughs> perfect time to break and refill our drinks let's do it All right, so for our next question, it comes from one of our most very favoritist fans. Highly and esteemed. Highly, highly esteemed, esteemed patron, Pat. We're scholar. all bowing our heads. Faithful scholar. Heroic adventurer, Pat. Pat asks, how is Shane? Any chance of a scram cameo? No possibility of a scram cameo in the future at this point. Noah, do you want to talk a little bit about the shard and the story of it all? Yes. So when Scram was absorbed into the shard, spoilers for chapter 17, 18, that little situation (laughs) way, way back when. You should have listened to it slash heard about it if you are at this point in the story. But um, his life source was like the seed to the shard. So part of the shard who is a full character Mm -hmm. is scram so scram will not be coming back in in his form he is currently a part of the shard and the shard almost seems like it has kind of like taken these little things that were part of it like limburger and scram but like evolved into its own like corrupted form of itself. Yeah, it's like, like it's having two really that now. different parents, if that makes sense. Scram <laughs> being one and Limburger being the other. It's like having two different parents. It's like yeah. having two different parents. Our next question is from another of our amazing fans, Mega Classy Taco. She wants to know, and I love this question, and I'm interested to see what uh, Noah's going to say. What has been your favorite unexpected NPC, a.k.a. unplanned? Which I feel like I forced you into this position a lot. What isn't? I mean, okay. Is it Bylai? 
Byline was, Byline is just like a good classic standard. Like he's just there. He's just he was there. born from the pandemic. Like without COVID, I would have never watched every single episode of Ink Master. Yes. And without that, Byline Vegas never would have been in our podcast. Yeah, there was. Just, I thought Byline was just a fun, funnier way of saying Billy. It was. It was because it was influenced by. It that. came out of Jacob and I were watching every episode of Ink Master, and there was this tattoo artist um, who was really shitty. I could say that he was very sexist um and his name was billy vegas but his name was spelled b-i-l-i and so we called him byli vegas uh, and then i mentioned it to noah and noah put a byline yeah i was too. like perfect well because i think it was because i initially named someone billy and we had two and we, i was like i'm gonna flip it to byli <laughs> um so okay yeah but i mean byli is a great one i do think that probably i'm forgetting his name but he was in the most recent arc um, the little acolyte oh. of Arjahan. Um, yes, hold on. Cheese name. Cheese name. <gasps> Gruyere. 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 Is it Gruyere? Yeah, it was Gruyere. I, it was Gruyere. Yeah. I think Gruyere is... Gruyere was really funny. I really wanted, wanted him to go on. Him. Of 2022, I'll say Gruyere. Because that one was the most, like... I mean, the most Unplugged. influential. I like, just ask if there was an altar boy there, and you said yeah, yeah, and then I took him to the bar. Yeah. yeah. It's like so few times you create a mini character who I'm like, oh, they're going to be with you for a little bit. Gruyere was one of those characters. Usually I have a way out for them, and I just mm-hmm. didn't. So Gruyere is my submission for I have that. A, I have a question, follow-up yes. question. Was Kunik meant to be as big of a character as Kunik was? Um, Kunik was meant to be a foil to Zola, whether or not Zola was going to be like, Kunik's my bestie, I'm going to roll with Kunik, definitely was something I was going to leave up to uh, Zola's choice. And I also will say that right off the bat, the encounter of you meeting the orcs and having that situation with Kunik, that wasn't planned until like two episodes prior. Because I killed the other first mite. Yeah, I was like yeah. expecting you to go to Affinage with them and um, the elves in chains and then I'd have like some sort of, you know... Me breaking them out or something. Exactly. That's, but because no. of this... Yeah, no. That's campaign. cool as hell. That's seriously so cool better. as hell. Because I think that like knowing Noah so well, living with Noah... I mean, I've now mentioned that a million times on the podcast. Sorry for people who are getting well, tired. People, people need an update. You might kick me out at some point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, Things so, are rocky right now. <laughs> <laughs> Things are not magic. well. The holidays are always <laughs> tough for us. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough time. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. I think that I know you so well that sometimes I can, um, I know what you're gonna fucking do like what you're aiming for i know what you're aiming for so it's so good that like you that lisa like kind of disrupts that in a lot of ways i i often misinterpret your intentions it's true Absolutely. yeah it, when it comes to D, we've known each other for 10 years like we're very close yes but in any sort of other context it's like lisa's usually on the same exact page with me the moment so we enter into times, a fantasy world we're oh like, you want me to do this <laughs> and i'm like wait and then it's done but so the thing funny. is it, that's like why i love D. i've said this i said this in my my interview which we've plugged multiple times um check on our page uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. But I, <laughs> I basically talked about this of like the best thing about D&D is that you don't get to choose a story. Mm-hmm. Like I'm coming in with like this stream of story energy and you guys are the rocks to make it like redirect and make it a new kind of river. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just like a straight stream down mountain instead of something interesting. So, right. um, yeah, it, it was so many times in this campaign. Does Lisa come up with a moment that pivots everything? This was one of those times with Gruyere where I was like, oh, 
okay, this is just going to be the vessel. I didn't realize this would be the vessel for lore, but Greer is. They're all typing on their phones now, so it kind of feels actually, like they're plotting. I'm just looking for um, an, an episode. I just kind of wanted to remind myself because I had thought of some unplanned NPCs, but I was like, I should focus on oh, yeah, on this year. You know, totally. What I mean? Um, I this is going to like belay my point that he's my favorite. Uh, oh, never mind. I remembered the name of my favorite unplanned NPC. I had to really think about it. <laughs> but um, in chapter 62, Flailier to launch when I charm the um, co-host. Oh, my God. We could not stop talking about Kimon. Kimon! I think Kimon is my favorite unplanned NPC of 2022. Because I wanted so badly to like charm my way out of this situation. And I, I was just—I was peace. trapped in a bubble with Erza on the top of the tower with oh Crystalix's uncle, and I was—I um, was doing charm person on the kobold, so they were like a fan of me. But one of them was Kimon, and he got like flung off the tower really early. But I just latched onto his name, so I kept being like, "What about Kimon?" And I was like, "Kimon's dead. Yeah. <laughs> There's no more Kimon." I had to kill Kimon. My biggest regret. Dead. I take back any of regrets I've ever said. My biggest re- regret was killing Kamala. And sure. they all have like they all had such normal names too. Yeah. And then one of the last one was Kamon. Like it's it's mostly the the face you had before you came up with the name Kamon that I really like. Yeah, there's actually a really I'm sure there's a really interesting look I have when you guys are like what's their name and I have to go through my directory of names and be like this is what's going to come in handy when we have the video <laughs> oh no well, the I- look is a uh, exasperation gang <laughs> my eyes go off somewhere I definitely just so you guys know I have been coming up with a I like used to do this but I stopped because I was like well one I don't have space on my phone embarrassingly um, and two I was like eh, you know it's fine I don't, this is a little this is like extra work I don't need to be doing mm-hmm. but I am now have an NPC name list it so is separated by it yeah exactly separated by like what they do and or what like um, like for instance I'll, I'll say one of them right now one of them is named after a like this hummingbird called a a bee hummingbird. It's a very, very, it's the smallest bird in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh my God. it's so Don't cute. say smallest bird in the world to me. I love that. I, it's, you, uh, Lisa, you're going to want to Google this small bird. Um, <laughs> That's love birds. But it, it is literally, it's, I like heard its name and was like, oh, this can be a little Eric Cocker character at some point. Oh. And their name was Zunzuncito. <gasps> That's so it's cute. Z U N Z U N C I T O. It's so cute. Hello, my name is Zunzuncito. Just a little Eric Cocker. Nice to meet you. Oh, just so cute but uh i can play that character yes you, you, maybe that's your next character now it's a playing so character cute little oh, eric cocker character it's so cute all right ashley do you want to read our next question sure fucking do it's the keegan one right there <gasps> it's the what the keegan one <laughs> keegan my most distinct honor thanks keegan thank you for being an amazing supporter of the show we love you um if you could only play if, if you could <laughs> Really? Sorry, this sorry, is the sorry. end of your wrap up. Get him in, gang. Cut Get it. him in. Cut it. Get him in. If you could only play one character for the rest of your life, what NPC or PC would it be? From Try Not to Die, I assume. Okay, okay. I assume this is for some reason my brain immediately jumped to you would have to be this character for your whole life. And I was like, so long as I can keep my pronouns. You can only play one character. For but it's for, it's like being also, playing D&D. But also, what NPC or PC would it be? I feel like like the PC is so limited. I'm trying to die. Can we open it up? 
Yeah. Can we open it up? Sure, I will open up my NPCs <laughs> if there's any that you guys would be like, oh, if there's one, I would love to play X, Y, Z. That would be fun, that would be fun. I mm. guess I would play... Steal a PC from you. I, oh, I'm torn. You guys go first. I'm torn between two. I'd play MP. <gasps> NP Great would choice. be, first of all, such a good character to dig into, to be like, I didn't know that I was a dragon. Yeah. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. You're like, not no, like. But OP. Super <laughs> OP. OP is OP. It would OP. have to be like a level 20 campaign where you're fighting gods. You yeah. know? I hope none of our listeners are reading me right now. It definitely <laughs> also, like, I could see, like, I mean, I have a character to pitch to you for a campaign Ooh. at some point, potentially, depending on mm. what other people choose. Exciting. That would be, like, it's like you have that, but they've forgotten so much of it that it's like it doesn't matter because they're right, level they one because the they power, lost yeah. it all. Yeah, it's there, but they have to unlock it. Kind of mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that's that's a great choice. NP is an, a sick fucking NPC to Ooh. play as. What about you, Lise, okay, before yeah. I figure out what the hell I'm doing? I want to think about what NPC I would like to play from Trinity because that's, that's a very fun fun concept yeah gorgonzola definitely had like you're playing her full story right now it's, it feels like it should be someone who you're like oh i want to explore their story more plebo wow! <laughs> i love to suck like as much as much as i like i have kind of got it out of my system i played two like know-it-all really strong powerful characters in a row in one of noah's campaigns and now i'm leaning into dumb assery yes. and i've been playing characters who like are kind of shitty and kind of deserve what they like get coming to them uh, and i think plebo would be so it would be really fun to play someone despicable totally self-serving yeah um and also like I've been warming more up into playing rogues and people who like evade combat as opposed to like heavy spellcasters and fighters like I usually play. Totally. Yeah. So being a uh, plebo and like working my way around a little like seedy organization and like worshiping. He's almost kind of like a warlock because like yeah. Paragon it's like, like a gives warlock him who lost his, his powers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like Paragon has gi- gives him all of his power at like social power. Totally. That would be a really fun yeah. character to play. And would That's go in at pretty much any level because like you could play Plebo as like a you know sniveling level one, or mm-hmm. you could be like a hyper competent know... level fifteen, like mm-hmm. you know the mastermind that Plebo has become. Yeah. So I want to know like Plebo's whole backstory. Who were Plebo's parents? Why is he like this? Wow. Why is he like this? The story of Plebo campaign two. <gasps> Plebo's revenge in between the two campaigns. For it's a prequel it's to try not to Plebo's die. Plebo's Wikipedia page being ah. read out loud. What if, like, after arc six, we decide, oh, we'll just do another mini arc, and it's Plebo tail between his legs. I, I have a fear of making prequels after Star Wars. I'm worried if I create, it won't live up to the hype. Plebo could be a one shot. I'd be down to give up Plebo to let somebody play Plebo for a one shot. Or to be DM'd as Plebo in a one shot would be very fun. Oh, that would be so fun if I DM'd you as like, "Mm, I'm having ideas. Let's think about this off mic. I'm having ideas. Let's think about this off mic. What, um, let me see. Okay, character. I was was torn. NPC or PC? Or a PC. I was torn between. I know who who Noah's going to say. Well, I nurse. I nursely. I initially was going to say Smite because mm. I was like that would be. It's a really fun build. He's very very powerful. You get I to thought eat you Doritos. were going to say Captain Sticks. Oh yeah. So now I'm. But I was then like he him pronouns for the rest of my playing. I was going to say Captain Sticks Smite with gender euphoria for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I my 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 twist was I was like between Marfin 
and Captain Sticks. And I think if you were like, Noah, as a DM, what NPC would you want to play? I'd be like, Marfin. Because that's a you well, got your I classic wizard. I play Marfin for the rest of your life. I basically. Because Marfin is in all of our campaigns. Marfin is in all of our campaigns. But if I were like, if you were like, Noah, this would be your NPC and PC for any game you play. Always. It would always be Captain Sticks. Because I could totally make a like. Captain Six is a pirate who has sailed through dimensions. Like that's oh, the yeah. future of Captain Six is level twenty. She's like, I'm fitting my ship to be like fucking spelljammer <laughs> style. I'm going through the worlds, you yeah. know. Insane. And you're a changeling. You can I'm literally be whatever you want. And you play any age changeling. No, she's a tiefling. Oh, that's right. She, she, she just had, she had the ring. Yes, she had. Yeah, got it. Lots of uh, people hiding their identities and then and then revealing them. We love that in our right. story. We love coming right. out in our podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, we came out when I played Love It. <laughs> it's honestly weird. We have um, a somber question. This was Uh-oh. a follow-up from Pat. Pat, a couple of days after his initial question, thought the better of it and said, I have another question, which was, what was the thing you regret most about the campaign? Ooh. Funeral uh, I, yeah, for whatever sorry. happened in this Letting campaign. Letting Quince live. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was messaging with one of our patrons and being really mean to Quince, and they were like, "Stop, not Quince. I love him. I love Quince. I know Quince. Honestly, the only reason why you let Quince come back is because there was so much backlash. I hold on. I did. I planned for Quince to potentially be able to come back. I had we had had to make the minute. It was about the rules. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on, but I will 100% cop to the fact that I had had put a. A warlock that is based that was basically a cleric mm-hmm. on the boat so that I could be like, if you know, if there's a chance, I want there to be a chance that someone could survive. If it it will always come under rules. I mean, our revivification rules aren't really fair if we're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You just re-roll your death save with advantage. You yeah. can roll two fours and then you're still auto dead forever. Mm-hmm. And revivify lost. So And also like your faith in your god shaken. Yeah, like. it's like, well, that <laughs> fucking sucked. But yeah, so um oh man, my biggest regret. <sighs> Come back to me. You guys I have first. a light have one so for 2022. Okay. Which is that um, this is not a regret that Lisa has, but I think a regret that Zola has, which is that I regret that I had to blow off Lord Tinderdick. I think it would have been really funny if I could have met him and been like, ah, sorry, I lost the shard. <laughs> Don't you want to help me get it back, though? Like, yeah, okay, here's that the makes thing. sense. Can I cast a spell on you real quick? Recap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, oh, wow. I also think that it's funny that I blew him off. But I think if you listen to it, it probably very much comes across as like, I I didn't realize, but I was like jumping the gun. Like you already clearly had in your mind, like oh, this is when like Lisa's gonna meet up with like Lord Tinderdick and have this happen. Like Lisa's gonna go to the Astral Sea. Like at the end of the show, it's all leading to that. And Solo was like, oh shit. Uh, I guess I've I'll got write a lot a of deadlines. Um, I'll do this one real quick. Yeah, it definitely it caught me totally by surprise. <laughs> I remember when we first started it, or when you maybe even initially mentioned it out mm-hmm. of session that you were thinking of doing it. I was like, well, I don't want to stand in your way. I definitely want Zola to follow any instincts she has. So, like, if you think that that's what you're going to do, I fully accept it. 
did I definitely plan on that being at the end of the campaign? Yes, for sure. <laughs> Which is, but also again, there was a moment in the Everholm arc where it was very small, but like that, like one episode thing. You could have made the choice of being like, I want my goal is to be going to the astral sea yes, right after. Yes, I absolutely. I, I don't think that you would have option. ever held me back from it. But um, it was fun when my mom was just kind of like, you think that you should maybe blow him off, honey? <laughs> Are you sure you really want to meet this strange old man in and, the uh, fortress? I have one more regret. Um, this is a regret that has burned at me. Um, it's, it's burned away at my heart. And I've mm. never actually mentioned it because I didn't think it was worth mentioning. Because all it would do is hurt people. And, but when Keegan, or sorry, when Keegan... Not Kate. When Pat asked this, I was like, okay, I finally have to say it, which is that we mispronounced Sacerdote. Oh, yeah. We just were like, it's Sacerdote and went and rolled with it. And I just had no idea what you were saying until like you were like, oh, Sacerdote Ardrahan. And then I just went with it. And then afterwards, I looked up the word actually and I was like, I can never, I can never harden that, that C. It's over. It's over. The good news is that we were never little going Italian to. Hearts. There, I mean, <laughs> I, there are so many words that I have screwed up in this campaign that My I. Ancestors are shaking their heads yeah, above they, me. I mean, first and foremost, <laughs> Italian Americans, we have butchered the Italian language. Exactly. It's just so another bastardization. It's, it's just yet another one to add to the <laughs> yeah. list. And then um, the other thing, I've and I've had that moment too. Um, of being like, oh shit, I should have pronounced it this way. Mm -hmm. I've, I've resolved and been like, this isn't Italy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they you know, actually um, they kind don't do of, that rule. yeah, they've got Latin C's and Emeraldian. I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, like, legitimately, <laughs> we started this campaign off with you getting a letter in Orkish that I used like an online comment to Orkish translator to write that sounded nothing like Italian so mm -hmm. we just have to assume that Orkish is like a blend of like Italian, Italian and, and like uh, whatever maybe like some sort of Slavic language like there's Italian. there's a blend there's a blend okay it's Orcalian it's, Orcalian. <laughs> hey, come on. it's actually pronounced Orsalian Orsalian <laughs> Oh man, but yeah. So that fair regret. I definitely have had those moments. I, I for that like... to be my biggest regret is that's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> that I didn't yeah. correct you. Ask on me about mine. Are what's yours? None. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> well, now I just look like a dick. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, the Italian people. Um, the fact would that Noah, you didn't do any research. <laughs> um, actually, it's Sacerdote. <laughs> Why the frick is Why this? Why are you so <laughs> offensive, Noah? <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. I guess hmm, biggest regret for me <sighs> yeah is there one moment where like you were really prepared for something else to happen and wish that something else had happened and then i took it a different way you don't have to be mad and bitchy at me about it but like yeah what's the most catty thing i could say <laughs> no honestly you dying which ended yeah. up as a hindsight i'm like it's not even a real regret but i can i can honestly say that wish it was not my intent and that, yeah, I mean, we, I, I've said it before, I improv that, it's like the rest of the episode yeah. was improv. I was like, oh, okay, well, it's and improv time. improv while the entire uh, fucking flight roster of LaGuardia and JFK flew above us. Oh my God, the yeah. most interrupted scene of Try Not to Die existence. Noah and I, Zola and a god facing off, and Noah and I are having to pause every 15 seconds while a, for like a minute just looking at each other while a plane flies overhead. The recording, the editing that you did of that was so, I can't believe you salvaged it from that there are even moments where like i ask groups questions and then they're like is no answer in like the cut because like a plane flew overhead like yeah you it, you frankenstein the shit out of absolutely that. there was just like it was essentially like 
it, it framing it as Groomsh is just picking and choosing what he responds mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. because there was some stuff. I mean, thankfully, I feel like the vast majority of the questions you asked it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah and, and you also you were good at layering questions that it would mm-hmm. make sense that like a god would mysteriously only answer an aspect mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I mean, like what what a trial getting through that moment was, and so I think that. I guess I my regret would have been I didn't get to prepare a full scene for that. But I it worked wish Zola really well. Had died in a fr- from a sicker enemy. Like I do yeah. think it it makes sense that like her teen like she got through all of this. She escaped from a dragon. She's like I'm hot shit kind of. Well, she didn't at that point escape from a dragon. She escaped from Fidgetich though. Yeah. Oh she. Um, oh yeah, that's right. It happened. I right had before it, that. Anakura right before happened that. after, mm-hmm. but um. It makes sense that Zola had a moment where she was like risking too much and she like got too like focused on the goal. I don't even think it was like egotistical, but Zola's like too much like focused on like, I have to go, I have to get to my mother. Time's running out that she like fucked up her next move. Totally. But funny that just some like random little meteor guys Ah! killed me. (laughs) So fucked. Not like Kunik cutting my head off or something like really like someone important or like trick killing me. If Trick killed me, like, that would have been so crazy, yeah, you know? would have strange poetry there. But there is, and this is, again, one of the things I love about D&D is that you're like, oh, that wasn't the story we were telling. This is the story that we're yeah, telling. Yeah, it's different The story now. of, like, what it is to be. So you're like, oh, I'm hot shit. And then, you know, the world is like, just so you know, there's something even hotter and shittier than mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and it's a hundred little men falling on top of you. Shout out to, um, if you look on our website, I actually think that um, this background isn't there yet because I'm still running the recap for um, this arc for the website. But one of the little magmen is like hidden at yes. the bottom on the little rock. I love that so magma. I, I told Saya about how I had died and I was I sent them a picture being like, this is what killed me. If you want to put in a little Easter egg. <laughs> oh my God, it's I love so that. It's, it's, uh, another shout out to Saya. I mean, all of our art has these little like tiny things like the mm-hmm. doppel rack. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, the little on the steering wheel of the Quint sucks. Quint sucks. Like, there's so also funny. Emeralia's first pizza on the ship. I did if see If you look that. in the background on the boxes, there's a pizza box. Oh, my God. Um, and then my favorite is in uh, Mistra's temple. The frozen dust motes in the air are eight-pointed stars. I mean, that so shit is just... Cool. Yeah, honestly, Saya creates the most incredible art, but I also want to give you props, Lisa, because you're the one who's prompting Saya. Like, you have all the correspondence with, with them, and you are making, like, adding these little notes in, these little Easter eggs, and I mm-hmm. think that they're... It just brings it to the next level for mm. people who really like the show. Thanks, Ash. Do you want to read our next questions? Our next couple of questions are from our lovely friend and fan, Ilana. Okay, this one's really fun. From Ilana. If TNTD were one mystical creature, what would it be? Oh, man. Like a mythological... Hmm. I have an idea. You go first, then. A chimera. I was definitely thinking... I was like, something that has, like, a lot of something or is, like, very, very varied. Like, I I mean, I don't know what it's called, but they have, like, those hundred-hand monsters in ancient Mm -hmm. Greek mythology. We... Something... 
Something that's very out there. What do you think, Lise? I think that we would be like a lion turtle, like at the end of Avatar The Last yeah. Airbender. You are the turtle and the world that has grown in your back is, you wow. know, from your brain. And then we are the benders running around through the woods on your back. That's yeah. so fucking beautiful. <laughs> I I can't. I My next suggestion was going to be like a goblin because we're so crazy. But and a little goblin. A little weird gremlin <laughs> creature. But I, I think, yeah, I... I would love for it to be something grand and beautiful, like um, the turtle the world sits upon. We're the turtle the world sits upon. We are. Uh, Ilana's next question is, what are you most nostalgic for from other parts of Emeralia and the pod? And this is a question for us as people, but also a question for our characters as well. Ooh, I'm definitely nostalgic for the capital. I'm very excited for Zola to head back there, even though yeah, no spoilers, Zola it might not be there might. long. But yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that's for me. What about you, Ash? Um, the Veridontis. I'll be. Oh. Wish I could just go back to living my cool little life, <laughs> not <laughs> encumbered drama by not the a drama. Of fucking drama. I think that Zola has been away from home long enough that she is excited to return. Yeah. Yeah. I think she misses her dad like she's homesick for a person and homesick for her cows. I think that when Zola like finally is back and can like take her mom to go like sit at the top of the hill and be like, do you smell the Parmesan rinds like coming off from the back of the shed, you know? And just like oh, relive wow. that nostalgia with her new family and her new loved ones. Ugh. Hold on to that because <sighs> everyone's campaign, gonna baby. die. Yeah. <laughs> Think of that nice timeline. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a memory. After and all. we all really tried, but we all died. <laughs> all right. What has changed for you all the most since last season? Hmm. I think that. I mean, again, I'm returning to Zola dying this year. I think that. It has the thing that changes the the power that I have is so much more intense. So I'm very wary of how I'm using it, I guess mm -hmm. now. So um, what has changed? I'm feeling that intensity early mm -hmm. in the camp. I felt it le like the first arc because you guys were so fragile. But mm -hmm. now that you're like super built and the scale is so epic. Now I'm just I'm feeling the level of like. As from a DM perspective, I need to. I want to land this ending. From encounters a, have to be from challenging. The encounter side, yeah, like things have to be challenging mm -hmm. enough. So definitely feeling the level of intense gameplay that high level and um, high intense story sort of invites. Joey just texted me and he said, "Damn, you really just murked your dad." <laughs> <laughs> On air reaction. Thank you, and Joey, for listening. Joey, patron and he said, "R.I.P." <laughs> R.I.P. Rest uh, in pieces. Uh, Joey also said, I'm so excited about the musical episode. Oh, my god! Yes, which we will talk about in our, yeah. at the end of this episode. Yes. yes. Joey, congrats. You just made the recap episode. <laughs> um, Ash, what has changed for you the most since last season? I mean, since the last time that you appeared on the pod, yeah. what has changed for your character? What's changed for you? For Brigid, we're coming back into a situation where I think before any of this, uh, she knew about any of this happening. She wasn't like happy-go-lucky. She definitely had like a job to do and was very serious about that job. But I think that now, you know, having been, uh, you know, in battle several times with these horrible people, she's realizing that the evil is so much more real and bigger than she ever had um, experienced. Maybe she had heard about this in the past or mm -hmm. past lives had you know been as bad as this or close to 
But I think that going into the next arc, um, everyone's going to experience a Brigid who is a bit more hardened. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, without revealing anything, we haven't recorded it, so we'll see where it goes. But there's definitely a a Brigid who's feeling the stress and weight of Mm -hmm. the responsibility she has now. And, like, I feel like there's nothing more radicalizing for in real life than seeing something so awful and terrible being around people who are like this thing is happening it is bad it is evil we have to stop it and then going back to the people in charge and power and being like the only option is this and having those people sit there and take time to debate whether your cause is valid whether they believe you whether it's a big enough deal to act upon it like seeing that process coming to someone in need and being like please i need help we have to change this Mm -hmm. and seeing them be like hmm should the council take a vote like that changes someone that changes people in real life like that's traumatic people have to go through that in real life call out for help and see the systems every single day fail them all the yeah. time so mm-hmm. it makes sense that Brigid would be like oh wow this beautiful system we protected the woods for so long like yeah. actually has completely failed these people here totally mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. <sighs> heavy, heavy stuff going forward heavy. well I uh, maybe this will help lift some of your depression I thought about this question because um, I had access to all the questions and I wanted to respond to as a person everyone knows what's changed for Gorgonzola whatever right. um, but the thing that has changed the most about our podcast from the last season is Ashley oh is that Ashley is here um Ashley joining the podcast and being involved for the last like four to five months really heavily not just in appearing on the show but also coming in and helping us like heighten our like business and admin side of things Ashley who is a really incredible producer in her real life and those skills like so clearly translate to like seeing mine and Noah's creative vision and Ashley has just been so amazing at like reinventing our process and helping us get organized and dreaming really big getting us amazing opportunities that are like still irons in the fire that we're excited about there's so much cooking and it is totally because you have like joined our team full-time like producing try not to die pod with us and just really grateful oh my god thank you wow i mean you were talent last year but you we were we were freelance hiring actually yeah it was a trial trial. it was a trial trial run now we've absorbed her yes (laughs) you've been you've been outstanding yeah i'm so excited for next year that means a lot to me yeah when you're doing this with us for a whole nother full year. I'm scared and nervous because if we get very famous, which we obviously will, everyone who's listening will agree, uh, I will actually have to deliver outside of this room, and um, I'm afraid. Is that scary? This is like our little womb we're all cooking Yeah, this in. is like our nice, warm, comfy room. Shisha's in here. Yeah, but she hasn't bothered us this whole time. Look, right? if, if the lead singer of ABBA hated flying but still toured with ABBA, I will rise to the occasion of the anxiety here. Inspired by ABBA. Inspired by ABBA. Inspired by ABBA. Hey, ABBA. I think a lot of will like that button at the end of this question, inspired by ABBA. (laughs) The ABBA button. (laughs) So, Alana's final question. Alana, thanks for all of these. Um, What will happen once Zola's arc 
finishes and well, she I'm, dies and she dies no, well she didn't say and she dies well this is going to th- i mean this goes straight into the future of the campaign should we use this question as a way to launch straight into talking about campaigns or is there something else we should talk about first i was going to say i have been keeping tight to my chest i have many things in mind obviously that i want for zola to like do before the show is over mm-hmm, people yeah. i want her to check in with yeah. um i have thought like so much about what Zola is going to want to do after the campaign like what would be like boom that big bad evil guy is done so what's next for Zola you know end of Buffy what's next for you Buffy and I'm really excited I'm not gonna tell you You now no and simply I think like I have Zola's rest of her life I think what would happen planned out in my head at least to like her like early 30s of what I think her adventure would unfold like so i'm really excited to be able to like tell that to someone someday yeah i will uh future know if you're listening to this you better not be regretful for accidentally killing gorgonzola (laughs) before that could happen because that would be sad yeah i would love to i mean that would be the idea would be to button the series with you getting Mm -hmm. to talk about what you think is happening to gorgonzola after it if Mm -hmm. if zola does like auto die like if something ridiculous happens the dice make their decision Mm -hmm. i want to hear what you have to say Definitely. In like a flashing before our eyes moment. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Oh my God. So Zola will always have it. Yeah. Well, I will say one, a, a tiny, the tiniest little teaser is that Noah and I have talked about like, oh, one day, what if we revisited Gorgonzola later on in life? And I have said that it would be really interesting. I think the next big adventure in Gorgonzola's life would be years later becoming a mother. And because, you know, she had to look so long for her mother. Like, how would she handle having a daughter and yeah. having to pass Ooh. along that role? And what would happen between them? Absolutely. I that just got is, chills. I've I never know. gotten chills in the studio Aww. before. Oh, it's uh, it's it's a great idea. I really, I really hope that we set ourselves up for success yeah. there. <laughs> We've <laughs> talked a lot about it. And it would be so cool. And oh, we're in chapter 100. You, Zola finds out she's sterile. No, but here's the thing. If you were sterile, I'd be like, we, the next campaign is you. <laughs> On your IVF journey. <laughs> um, roll for Marfin's uh, magnificent IVF. Roll for implantation. Roll Zola, for we, we have the technology for that this day. We can figure it out. Uh, no, that looks a whole lot like the clone spell, Marfin. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I got to figure it out. Roll uh, one through one through five is uh, no egg implantation. Roll, uh, <laughs> six through... Six through ten is uh, something else, and uh, nat twenty equals uh, you adopt a child. Let's see if I'm um, ovulating. That's a ten, middle of my cycle. <laughs> That's right, listeners. No one understands that stuff. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, Noah, would you want to talk a little bit about what will happen once Solus Arc finishes from a podcasting standpoint? Yes, I will say, you know, as we wrap up this wrap up, uh, looking ahead at 2023, just so everyone knows what kind of timeline we're looking at. This epic will return in January with chapter 84, and then uh, and then that will be the start of arc six, which will go until chapter 94, 10 episodes. Um, and that will probably be, like, my guess, end of March, early April. Mm-hmm. Then we would pick back up probably right, like, after your birthday, honestly, at the end of April, and go through May um, and probably finish in June. I'm just saying that 
I know we've always said like a hundred episodes, and you've got your whole thing sorted out over there. You got your whole calendar. Got your numbers that you said. But you say if we either ended on episode ninety three or we did a two part finale, our seventh arc would be seven episodes. Well, yeah, you know what? If it if it times out right, angel numbers. I would really angel like seventy minutes. <laughs> It's very important. It's really important to me, guys, in the last arc that all of our episodes are um, ended angel <laughs> Every episode for arc seven is 77 <laughs> minutes long. I know I promised like really long episodes for that last arc, but They're no. going to be real short. We're doing yeah. hour and 10 minute episodes. Um, so, yeah. So that, that arc, this story will end in June. The summer. And this, yeah, the summer. <gasps> right I'll before say. your B-Day. Right before my birthday. What oh a coincidence. God. Um, obviously, there's lots of stuff that we're thinking of as we gear up for the end. Chills um, again. Chills again. Yes. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I cannot think about it. <laughs> I, you know, then you'll hate that. My, I have a question written here that is, um, what things would you guys miss about playing Gorgonzola and Bergen? And then I promise I will no more. I won't have any more emotional questions like that. I will just say specifically I'll answer this question and be like what is maybe the next thing for the rest of 2023 mm-hmm. Zola is the D&D character that I have gotten to play the absolute most probably more than any other character I'll ever play in my entire life it is a unique scenario to be able to have played like 84 episodes in and many of those episodes are two hours so like I have played potentially up to 200 hours of D&D one-on-one with Noah as Gorgonzola the amount of character exposition deep like psychological work that I have done (laughs) in like the persona of Gorgonzola I don't think will ever be matched by where you're in another D&D session and you are like sharing the spotlight with another person totally it just i've never gotten to go so deep into a character i think i would love any character who i got to play this much of because i like wake up and go to sleep and shower thinking about like what is next for gorgonzola because after playing someone for three years like you just care about them so deeply yeah so i'll just miss her yeah what about you ash I can't spend too long on that answer because I will cry. <laughs> Same. I will cry. We all know. So everyone who just listened, pause, cry, and come back. I sometimes just cry in advance about it. <laughs> I sometimes be like, I'm sad TNTD's going to end, and then I cry. <laughs> well... Uh, you guys um, remember Brigid will potentially live up to 7,000 plus years yeah I don't what's the future for (laughs) what was the original question just one thing you'd miss about playing this iteration of Brigid one thing I'm gonna miss her relationship with Pyre I think that um, that is a friendship that she has had for so many years even though we haven't really necessarily explored it in too much depth um I think that that is something that she that will grow and change and uh, that will be something that I enjoyed playing. Yeah. And next time if you do revisit Brigid, I mean, like her relationship with Pyre will probably be totally different. Right. Right now is a really tumultuous time for Brigid and Pyre. So there's a lot of like you went from having this like super awesome companion to this like fiery 
spirit you almost have to be like how do i control you without controlling you totally i think that like it went for if you're thinking about it in like pokemon you like go from having like an <sighs> eevee to having like a charizard and you weren't prepared you, you weren't didn't have a high enough level as a trainer to mm-hmm. handle that high level pokemon Ooh. Ooh. Whoa. it's big Ooh, i'll say that um i was so inspired by brigid's character and um the all fire in this podcast that i involved the circle wildfire druids in my home campaign that i'm playing and i have an entire um kind of section of the plot built around Hell yeah. the wildfire that's awesome that's so sick i know it's such a cool uh it's such a cool what is it a subclass, Class, be yeah, a subclass. Totally, yeah. um the druid ones play. are so good. I'm playing Circle, Circle of Stars, Sincerely. It's there's so many abilities. I still haven't shown all of my abilities in playing, like 20 sessions. Ugh. I'm playing Circle of the Stars uh, as another uh, character in a campaign with Ilana, who just asked all these awesome questions, and uh, and it's fucking sick. It's a great subclass. Fuck so yeah, druids. Cool. Fuck yeah, yeah druids. druids. That's why I always play one because they're fucking sick. Um, but I don't want to obviously dwell too much on the emotional stuff we all know we hate that so yeah i mean this is a funny it's supposed to be a funny fucking podcast I know, I'm, We're sorry, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you i'm looking ahead at you know season chapter uh, arc six and seven and it's gonna be fucking emotional mm-hmm. so yeah. i would i would re-listen to all the episodes that made you laugh because this is about to get real but also sure. i'm so excited to like follow up with all of these characters like when we get the crew of the feral free back in there like it's gonna be hilarious yeah. Spring Bringing them from Dare Boucher and Paddlewick is going to be so Wild funny. fucking ride. <laughs> yeah. And um, now, you know, that's great transition because this kind of talks about the content we'll be creating in the mm-hmm. next year. Small thing is I definitely still want to do that, like, Captain Six one-shot that'll explain kind of where they are in What's their going story. On right now? Um, and then, of course, Alana, to sort of answer your question, we won't be totally leaving Fall <laughs> this year. We will be doing a musical episode, yes! obviously. I was thinking about this today dun, because dun, dun, we've dun, been dun. kind of doing our business, like, monthly. Like, you know, right now we've figured out everything for December and we're, like, right. we're going to reconvene at the end talk about January. Today I was thinking, I was like, when is too soon to start talking about the musical episode? Even though we've already talked about it a bunch. Yeah. About what that even looks like. How do you play D&D and then have musical numbers happen in the middle of it? Still kind trying like, to figure that out. I, I have. Kind I, of, sorry, but, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, please. I, I was going to say, I have spent a lot of time thinking about this and I have a pretty solid plan mm. that I will not reveal because I maybe we would do a behind the scenes afterlife yes, for it. Yeah. But um, I'll just say that. I am essentially still planning an entire D and D one shot, but we are we're gonna be working backwards. Are you gonna love play it. the piano like live? No, no, no. And I are gonna compose the music for it. That yes. makes sense. Yeah. The hardest challenge will be for, for me. Lisa to figure out what they are gonna be composing yeah. for. This is how I have kind of complicated for Noah is that Noah and I write the music together for this show. Noah is incredibly prolific, but I would say we've contributed about about equally to like the main character yeah, the themes, main themes of the show. Say. I toss a lot of like background music out mm-hmm. there, but we are split on like the main character themes. And so like the idea of like I've al- I've already written like half of an I want song for Gorgonzola just like year a year or two ago when we like decided that this might be a reality. I have to have a hand in composing for it. And so I've made it immensely complicated for Noah because if I were just <laughs> like yeah, write it and then it'll be funny like while we're playing it, you could even like hand me sheet music and it's like Zola doesn't know and I'll just like sightsee like it would be yeah. very funny, but no, I I have to be involved. And I wouldn't <laughs> have it any other way, honestly. 
I've written most of a musical uh, during an episode in college. And let me tell you, it's it's helpful to have a second opinion there. And that's an, a mental episode, guys. Not an episode <laughs> not of Not an episode podcast. of my podcast in college. Um, I guess it was uh, Try Not to Die in college. But it, just was, okay, it was just different. Wow. Wasn't it, though? Wasn't it, though? We've okay. gone somewhere. So here, here I will cap this episode with at final looking ahead because we will probably take a, like this, you know, a small break from creating very very new full campaign things right after you know like don't yeah. expect us to jump into campaign too also right like away. we're finishing in the summer and y'all we hate the studio in the summer it's Yo, so fucking hot it's the hot fucking worst. so like catch us in september maybe yeah. <laughs> i think some life shit is probably gonna happen in the summer like mm. let's talk about birthdays let's talk about things that are happening in our lives mm, knows, i don't who know knows, who knows well we'll get into that in another afterlife but um i first want to start Actually, off he's trying to get hint at the fact that i got engaged <laughs> so maybe i'll get married next year maybe, maybe. you don't maybe. worry we'll live stream yes i was gonna say don't worry <laughs> i'll hold up my phone the whole fucking you time my wedding. you pay for a plate <laughs> you could maybe flush actually really distracting just um and guys here you'll see um uh, zola i'll be whispering I mean, into my little mic we went out. We went out. Can you do the kiss again? Can you do the kiss again? Um, There's okay. not going to be one. They're going to do things differently. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to say, looking ahead at future campaigns, start with you guys, because I just have like a thing I could read about what I'm going to sure. be thinking of. But do you have any characters? It could be a name, a voice, a class, a single mm-hmm. plot point or an aesthetic. Anything that you think will drive the next big character that you play not like a one shot but like a at least mini campaign size to Mm -hmm. much larger character i have no idea that's a fair answer any classes that you're like oh i really i mean we talked earlier would you want to try a class that you have no experience with Mm. for the new campaign i mean like a warlock tbd tbd you know i'm in it to have fun y'all she's living in the moment gang and no judgment you don't you have literally more than half a year to figure that out exactly so, plenty L- of time. small i just wanted to do a moment. check-in because yeah. i was like I, I i mean if there's ideas that would also help me but <laughs> no way yeah figure but, it out yourself <laughs> how about you lise mm, i think that it would be fun to swing the other way I, we've mentioned this on definitely a couple of bonus episodes but maybe if you haven't heard that like originally when we were uh forming the podcast i wasn't sure if i wanted to play a a new bushy you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed teen or if I wanted to play someone who was older and I we had kind of tossed around the idea of like almost like a Brienne of Tarth character someone who like was a really powerful knight but then maybe like was a retired guard who like fell back to first level maybe someone who like opened a tavern instead after like maybe like their regime that they worked for like fell out of favor and now they don't have all the power they had once i've played this teen character who's really new to everything for so long that it might be fun to play an older character who is like somewhat jaded character yeah exactly um but it would be interesting to play a non-binary character this is crazy i've never played a non-binary character in DD, which is like how am i being a cis normative in, in like my own life like what the fuck lisa i often play uh male characters i d- don't know why but i just think it's very fun and that's I've, gender euphoria right yeah there. exactly yeah. i've played a lot of male characters in in our home campaigns mostly i've played male characters yeah i mean i only rem- off the top of my head seerly yeah seerly's the one rather yeah. than that um so it, it would be fun to to get to do that i think yeah. that like growing up uh 
Zola growing up and like young like into young womanhood I'm a non-binary person but like I had the same experience as Zola of like growing up with like the the lens of womanhood put upon you Mm -hmm. so it was very comfortable to be like a teen in that experience but it would be fun to play something else Mm, very good answers and your answer inspired me I'm gonna play a kid oh that would be really fun I think I'm just gonna play a little kid uh, like Bobby oh. Blood Moon. Like Bobby Blood Moon, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> My no. My first character that I ever played with uh, with Ashley in our Wizards Tower campaign. That's right. Oh, God, a kid. Uh, my name is Bobby Blood Moon, um, and maybe you'll, be, you'll see me again. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> strong, maybe you'll see me again. Strong possibility that I ask you to play a species where a child can be older than 10, so I don't feel like I'm killing a 10-year-old <laughs> on my channel. Um, I don't think anyone would blame you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. You know what? I'll I be your guardian, it. so then I'll be like the person who is Taking like, the damage. like maybe your shitty little kid that I have to protect or something yeah. like that. It's a funny, like di- fun dynamic. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you guys, if that came up, that would probably shift some of what a future Gorgonzola campaign looks like. Mm-hmm. But Gorgonzola's also, kid. But also, <laughs> that, would be that would be fucking so crazy. Because I wouldn't want to play Gorgonzola's daughter. That yeah, would be no. too much like playing too Gorgonzola. Yeah, yeah. It would be really fun to see what you would do um, with it. Mom, I don't think you know what you're doing. Because then I I could also solidify the canon if you're like do you think that like zola would have done this like to her as a kid and i'd yeah. be like oh yeah zola probably like they probably made cookies on sundays you know <laughs> you guys get ready next campaign is going to be god of war three <laughs> shut <laughs> up i watched my partner play that for like six hours today you're going to be kratos <laughs> <Or two>. and, <laughs> and you're going to be the boy kratos um boy. the boy is a teen now Ooh, he's a teen new yeah. game. you can't call him boy anymore teen <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have done that sooner with like the Afanash orcs if they called you teen. Anyways, okay. Um, great answers. That really, I mean, I didn't expect you to have a lot necessarily. It's mm-hmm. we're way, way, way ahead of the game, even just talking about it. But I would be remiss not to bring it up because it will be the end of 2023 when we start these kind of things. You know what I want to do if we're going to be doing like a couple of um, campaigns or small things in between? I think it would be really fun to DM again. I'm like, that. I'm getting into my, I'm starting to feel the my itch. oats as a DM. Um, I'm starting to understand how the shit happens. So I think every time I DM, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was way better than the last time. It Hell only yeah. goes up from yeah. there, especially the world, if you've got players you love. Yeah. The world is waiting for you. I'm so Thanks, excited. Ash. Oh, my goodness. The, and there's certainly, I mean, it's the perfect time, right? I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll do like a mini campaign and then we would have, I mean, to close out this end this year, it would be nice to do a few smaller campaigns. Because mm-hmm. I also know that that is... I know, shout out to all you fans who've been following us for a long time, but I know that short campaigns are really fun ways to get into stories. So if we could pull in a few more of you Mm -hmm. with some short stories and then loop you in for another hundred. Oh, and having some um, people who we respect and admire in the podcasting world would also be really cool. We're working right now to like improve our recording, remote recording abilities so that we can maybe have some people from other podcasts that you like and that we like on the show or Mm. vice versa. Yeah. So maybe we have a fun new guest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if they're not other people from other podcasts, definitely some guests Mm -hmm. uh, joining us from our friend groups. Certainly. They're funny. You'll like them. Yeah. Our friends are funny. You'll like them. Um, So last few things here. I know I've, I've taken up a lot of time. I apologize. I thank you all for sitting in front of the fireplace for it's so Friday. long. Thank you for that apology. I'm very warm. Okay, so... I'm hot, too. I wore a turtleneck, y'all. <laughs> I told them to dress hot for this. <laughs> we closed the window when the ambulance went by. Maybe we can re- redo that a little. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. It's our fireplace. We're in the studio. 
All right. Um. So okay, I wanted to say a few things to characterize what probably won't be a part of the next campaign slash mm. like things to consider. First, it will definitely not be set in Fayfall, and I'm talking like the mo- the campaign immediately after Mm -hmm. Um, it will not but again we will not be leaving Fayfall completely even if it gets destroyed at the end of campaign one (laughs) wait wait wait. so it's not gonna be in Fayfall but it will not be so what I'm saying is we are the next campaign we play after campaign one will not be set in Fayfall but that doesn't mean I'm destroying like Fayfall's gone we might come back to Fayfall later unless it is destroyed in the story even if it is destroyed I would probably want to do maybe like a prequel story so maybe something Mm -hmm. set during like the maldiction or something something like the plebo menace yeah oh yeah I'll do like a plebo mini campaign yeah. Um, and then the other the other uh, points I was going to make are that you guys would be starting at least at like level two or three, more mm-hmm. likely even higher than that, mm. especially if we're doing like a mini campaign. Like it's nice to start you guys off at like eight even where yeah. it's like you've had two ability score improvements or like an ability score improvement and like a feat you could have added. You can well, really what about all the other... cool dying we can do? Oh, <laughs> believe me, there will be other opportunities for you dying. You want us to have 11 hit points again? Come you on. Know, that was I, fun. I solemnly the swear drama. that the next massive campaign we do we'll will start, start from a very, one. very low level. If not level one, then like level two because mm-hmm. that's where you can have a subclass basically. Right. But in general... Um, the next campaign will probably be at a, a higher level. Um, and That'll then, be good. That and, was like Obscura. I really had to kind of tackle like, and then I just decided to level you rapidly because yeah. I was like, I want it to be fun. Yeah, and it's really fun to ha- to level up as a player. Mm-hmm. So it was really enjoyable. Um, and then the last thing for things that you these won't be a part of it was things that might have been true to the lore in Fayfall may not carry over into future campaigns. So maybe like the Pantheon would maybe be different Mm -hmm. the way magic is displayed may not be dependent so much on like the colors that have been established by the the fey run canon you know Mm -hmm. so forget everything forget everything you know (laughs) all the answers to the door puzzles are the same though weird (laughs) but it'll trick you because you'll you'll think the color isn't the same so it can't be that but it, it will be in that scenario but yeah so like I'm, I want to make sure that at least for the next like few mini campaigns, we flesh things out in other ways that'll get us more experience and also mm-hmm. give you, the audience, some new surprises to look forward to. Dun, 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 dun. Um, and then as for literally what type of campaign slash what will sort of be the next campaign, it's between... Uh, Muse Makers, which is an all bar campaign that will definitely be starting off as everyone being at least level five to eight. Oops, all bars. Oops, all bars. Also, shout out to Kathy and Rose. Yeah, shout out to my music teacher in high school. Um, but because she had, we had a group called Music Makers. That's nuts um, for me right now. You have heard that. But it, it's mostly it would be like. I mean, you could just play someone who has a level one in Bard and then is totally not a Bard. But they're competing in, like, a competition Mm -hmm. where the best Bard gets... Uh, a grand prize of a wish spell. Mm. Um, so that was that's like a mini campaign that would be like ten episodes or Very so. Fun. Okay, dope. I love like attorney. Yes, oh, it nice. would basically be like attorney, and I know that that's like fun to jump in on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, also the role playing episodes are like uh, all the athletes in Olympic Village. Yes, uh, exactly, like exactly. RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked exactly. backstage. It is a hundred percent. I will like my homework for this campaign will be doing. Probably watching more Survivor and watching more Drag Race because it's going to be basically those two <laughs> shows combined into one because I want there to be um, I want there to be a, like a social mechanic like in, like mm-hmm. reputation yeah. like they did in that D twenty campaign um, and then I also want to have 
potentially confessionals where you're, <gasps> as your players confessionals you would, would be I would be so like good. let's do a quick confessional oh my god wait video like if we do have a video literally aspect of this, hosting so fucking, fucking confessionals. confessionals would be so like back when you would watch like America's Next Time Model and then they would be like <gasps> log on to antm.com to watch the behind the scenes videos of the models I'm yes. literally gagging gagging baby oh my so, gosh let me show you every reality tv show i love now <laughs> absolutely i mean i have only i only had a few from my my far far past i'm so reality I would, trash i can't wait to catch up and really and have that inform that campaign <laughs> um which fun small fact that was one of the campaign ideas we came up with sort of mm-hmm. when we were coming up with trying not to die was a like reality tv version of D. Mm-hmm. oh my god um, we were wow. like the real housewives of dungeons and dragons yeah at first yeah. we were pitching real housewives of dungeons yeah. and dragons and we then pivoted. pivoted to an actual <laughs> comedy drama story we felt like we didn't have um, enough, enough. Content, yeah um but so now that, we do that's one thing and then the other the other aspect was um i've also been like writing down themes and stuff like that um i would love to do a story that is kind of rooted in binary morality like testing that of like good versus evil angels versus devils kind of a um that would maybe start off as like a pvp as we would all play level 20s and whoever Mm. won i would talk to them and be like how would your character your god shape this world and then i would build the world based on that and and so that was one part of it and then the other part of it was that i would really love to play a story that's like it's not about saving the world. It's about a character motivation, like status, like you guys being fully entrenched in a government that you're trying to influence. And there mm-hmm. would still be tons of like combat and stuff, but it would be very much like West Wing. Yes, it would be definitely more like rooted in a single location, right. um, tr- trying to vie for power for one control of one nation. It that wouldn't would be, be like an so end of the fun. World thing, so. I love doing bureaucracy in D and D, and baby, you know I'm good at it. You very, <laughs> much are. you really are. I'm so. actually, as your pro- uh, new producer, I'm wondering if we should just cut that whole bit because everyone's gonna listen to these and be like, "Wow, fucking genius idea!" And within the next six months, there's gonna be three more podcasts. I. <laughs> 100%. I will be sending you a cease and desist. Yeah, it's fine. We'll come. We'll come for you. I yeah. will just come for you. At least you for news makers. Yeah, I mean, feel free to... If, if the ideas spur a home campaign, obviously, it's all yours. But that's kind of what is ahead for us. Obviously, musical episode, a mini all bards campaign something else maybe lisa dming and of course some holiday episodes sprinkled amongst them all Mm -hmm. um is there anything you guys want to say before we hibernate for the season and return in january Mm, i wanted to thank our fans i really appreciate all of our patrons um for getting us to the musical episode goal to our stretch goal is amazing noah and i have been um thinking up what our next stretch goal will be so stay posted for that you know once we're uh maybe closer to the end of this arc or something we'll put up a new patreon goal and kind of think about what we could be um dreaming of doing you know our biggest dreams i don't want to shoot i don't want to create another goal without accomplishing the first one to some degree so we'll start on that and we'll get back to you i did also want to um shout out keegan and her podcast this is how we roll definitely check them out they're supporting us all the time which is um so wonderful and kind also want to shout out pat p13 underscore uh, b-r-a-e-n-d-i-s on instagram pat makes really amazing art 
Um, Pat made some beautiful art of Zola on a snowboard that was like so yeah. intricate and incredible. Yes. Um, and I know Pat also um, sells mugs with his art on it. So um, check that out if you're looking for a gift for someone, a little Yuletide gift. Yeah. You I'll better. S- you check better. It out. Also want to shout out Andrew and Chasm Quest. Um, so many amazing podcasts who we have become friends with this year. All of our friends in our Pod Squad Discord who we get a lot of support from online. Thank you. It's just yeah. such a good community to be part of. Tom James Carter, everyone who is in that book with us. Yeah. Um, we are only as good as our company and the people that we're uplifting and who are uplifting us. And what an awesome space to be in. I am very thankful for our, our fans as well. I think that, I mean, especially, of course, all of you who have created art, and Kate, um, Saya for creating all of our, like, official art. I mean, so thankful that you guys are creating visual mm-hmm. versions of this audio drama. Emily, who's working on our wiki, also. Uh, Emily, hit me up. I am very excited to help you with this <laughs> wiki. I have so many lore docs. I would love to put them on the internet and take them out of my Google Drive. <laughs> Please, Emily, we have a really funny It's 88%, Emily. I'm <laughs> fucked, okay? I deleted all the episodes up there and it still didn't clear enough. Uh, but what a labor of love for people to yeah, spend seriously. their time um, doing things like that for our podcast. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to shout out, um, I've been watching um, Below Deck Mediterranean a lot. <laughs> shout out Below Deck. Shout out Below Deck. It's so entertaining. My sisters would looking, appreciate that. Yeah, for a new reality television show, highly Sick. recommend. I um, I know my sisters definitely love Below Deck, so I'll let <gasps> I have them to know talk to them about it, yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for listening, for supporting us, and for celebrating this story, especially you, Eldritch patrons. You all know our typical social media plug, so I'll just leave it at thank you. We love you. It's and at try not to die. Motherfucker. <laughs> and until next time, try, try not, not try to not die. To die <laughs>